sing it one and all. Join in the chorus, North Melbourne's on the ball. Good old North Melbourne, the champions you'll agree. North Melbourne is the team that plays to win for you and me. Hello and welcome to Stern Look. I'm K4. For tonight, we have the infamous secret love child of Gary Lyon and Caro Wilson. Quiv, welcome. Oh, Caro. Well, uh, good, e- good evening. <laughs> you have to think about that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I wouldn't have said that, Quiv. <laughs> <laughs> not sure how to take it. He, he's not denying it. Um, also tonight, we have Jay-Z. He was kind enough to jump on for the show. Good evening. Good Good to have you on. And in response to some of the feedback I received from pretty much everyone over the last week or so, there'll be a few changes with the segments, which I'll list in order now. So there you go, Beatron. The first segment is called Two Thumbs Up, Two Thumbs Down, which is focused on our panellists picking two positives and two negatives from the football or big footy world. The second segment will be focused on a short discussion of the actual footy club itself. And then for the third segment, there will be a discussion of the VFL. Next will be the normal question time. The fifth segment will be focused on analysing the actual previous game and player reviews. The following segment will be a preview and team analysis segment and will bring an end to our show for the evening. So there'll be no guests tonight once again because I can't be bothered chasing them up for a pre-season show. There'll be guests lined up for the first few rounds already, so that won't be an issue. So beginning with our first segment, thumbs up, thumbs down. So I'll start off first so I can get the ball rolling and give Quiff and Jay-Z a chance to understand how this all works. My thumbs up for the week, well, my first one was a thumbs up to the fantastic family day put on by the club. And also, most of our players spending the day signing autographs and inspiring a new generation of North fans. My second thumbs up of the week was North passing the 35,000 member mark. So, what were your positives and negatives in the football and big footy world quiz? Mine are pretty simple. Uh, Another week closer to footy is my first positive. Finally, getting to the real stuff. And my kids... First membership finally arrived the other day, so she's now officially a member, which is that's, good. That's great. How about you, JC? Uh, my thumbs up would be one, um, the positive reaction to the, the Gibbo game this week, and particularly led by Todd. Um, was not a bit of a different discussion other than he kicks it out in the hall all the time. Um, and my second thumbs up was I went to... Uh, the player sponsor event this week uh, was from Barefoot Bowls, chatted with the players. Um, Madge didn't make it because he got injured at training, so spent most of the night chatting to our other sponsored player, Jet. It was good just to have a chat to him and, and get to know him a bit. And uh, thumbs down Taz's apparent injury, which has us all shitting our pants. And Eddie Maguire's ridiculous plan to build us a stadium that we've almost paid for so he can build a new one next to his club's training facility. <laughs> what, well, what was it? Eddie's Head Stadium or something? Yeah, Eddie's Head Stadium. I love that. <laughs> that sports bet is a brilliant sight for anything yeah. AFL was. Oh. Anyway, we'll move straight on to club discussion segment. 
So in terms of what's happening around the club, so the family day has come and passed, which was largely a success. Did any of you guys go to it at all? Yeah, I went along. Uh, um, I took my little girl along. Um, the line for the signatures was insane, so I skipped that and basically wandered around all the other tents and got to see a few of the players who weren't in the, you know, the popular signatures group. Um, but yeah, it was a good day. It's good. How about you, Quiff? Nah, I did plan to go, but nah, I did went up to the city for other reasons the day before. Didn't want to make a second trip due to laziness. <laughs> Fair enough, then. <laughs> uh, Alright, so the other bit of news about the club is that North Melbourne is now the front runners for a Tasmanian Academy. But... Any deal can only be ratified if we play 15 games over five years in Tasmania. So, Quiv, I'll ask you about this, because I know you've got at least an opinion on it. Do you think we should be focusing on Melbourne first, rather than Tasmania? Uh, without a doubt, I'm, I'm very anti-Tasmania. I, I know it makes a lot of money for the club, but we're North Melbourne. We're not wherever in Australia the AFL wants us to go this year. You know, it's just crazy uh, that I miss out on seeing games played at my in my home state because we're being shipped all over the country. And I think we play too many now in Tasmania. And if another one goes or two, I'll be pretty close, if not already, handing in my membership because it's just no value in it for myself personally. Yeah. You got any thoughts, Jay Z? Yeah, I've got a bit of a different view. I mean, I, I mean, what did you say? Fifteen over five years. So that's basically keeping the three a year that we're doing yep. at the moment. I'm all right with that. I, I certainly wouldn't want more than three. I think three is the maximum. But while we're getting screwed in the ass by Eddie Had, I kind of think Tassie is a necessity. I don't think we can continue to invest in our football department and and get to that level. A, without having the pokies that everyone else has, and, and B, having a stadium deal that's rubbish. So once the AFL finally buys Eddie Had, what do you think will be a, a bit more story. sustainable and profitable? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, without a doubt. Once, once we get a, a decent stadium deal, assuming we will get a decent stadium deal, which is a, a big assumption with the AFL, um, then it's a different story. But at the moment, I think Tassie's just has to happen. Fair enough. Right, we'll move straight on to the VFL segment now. So normally Nate will be here to discuss all the VFL matters. So instead we've got Jay-Z to fill in and do a good job. Take it away, Jay-Z. All right, uh, before I start, I'm going to have to say that I don't watch a whole lot of VFL. So I'm reading these names for the first time and I'm probably going to screw up some of the pronunciations. But I'll just quickly run through uh, the list changes for Werribee. So the... The new players are Dane McFarlane from Geelong VFL, Kurt Aylett, uh, Ryan Barrick, Billy Mahoney, Jordan Jones, Bryden Hodgins, Hodgson, uh, Julius Batista, Harry Kershaw, Josh Corbett, and my new favourite player, Quade Butt. Quade Butt, what a brilliant name. <laughs> How is that for a name? Quade Butt from the Western Jets. That's incredible. going to be a fan favourite. <laughs> Um, and the outgoings are Braden Chuck Norris, formerly of North, who apparently is now a real estate agent. Uh, Joe Redfin, Jai Bolton, 
uh, Jesse Crichton and Dylan Reed. Oh, and Jacob Graham, sorry. Um, and Nate passed on some notes for me from the other clubs. So um, Max Warren, who was delisted by North last year, is now signed up at the Box Hill Hawks. Um, another former North rookie, Brad Mangan, is off to Strathmore. Um, where Haymack is playing and where Nani would have been playing if he wasn't pulling on that disgusting red and black strip. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Our formerly aligned North Ballarat are basically going to suck. Obviously, having lost all of their North aligned players, uh, they've also got rid of Miles Sewell and Cheetahs, who's off to Geelong, so they're going to be even worse than they already were last year. Um... (laughs) Of the other teams, Footscray VFL looks on paper to be very strong. Hopefully that's wrong, because I hate them. <laughs> so does Nate, uh, too. Yeah, we definitely yeah. have that in common. Must um, have been very hard for Nate to admit. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It just burns him a little, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, Port Melbourne have the biggest list of list changes I've ever seen. They have something like 30 new players this year, so they're basically just thrown their entire team out and started again. <laughs> As you do. Yep. Uh, Scott Clouston was a surprise delisting from Williamstown. Kale the Squid Morton was a hilarious delisting from Casey. <laughs> <laughs> the man who ran away from Brendan Lade. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, I love that video. <laughs> So that's pretty much the other teams. Um, where we had a practice match this week just gone against Collingwood. Um, seemed to be a pretty low-scoring and tight affair. They ended up going down by 10 points. Um, the three North boys who played, Prius, Fordham and Wagner, both Fordham and Wagner were in the squad for the Collingwood game but ended up being emergencies and playing VFL. They all uh, kicked a goal each which is pretty good given we only kicked nine goals in total. Um, there was apparent controversy because Prius dared to touch Pretty Boy Trelaw and all the Collingwood boys had a bit of a cry about that, but nothing really there. Um, what else? Uh, ben Spite has been promoted to vice-captain this year. Um and Werribee is set to get a redevelopment in their ground. They've had a, a $10 million redevelopment that's been on the cards since 2008, and they've finally had it upgraded from Pipe Dream to Reality. Hmm, okay. Is that um, all, JC? And the last thing I, I better mention is uh, they've got no game this weekend, but they've got another practice match against Coburg, which is the last practice match before the real stuff starts on March 19th at 2pm down at Craigieburn and the Dev League will be playing before that at 11am. Okay, thanks for that. Now straight on to question time. So Jay-Z, you're up again. Beatron asks, will Turner be on the list in three years' time and if so, in what role? Yeah, it's a good question. I think the first thing that comes to mind is that three years is a bloody long time in football. I think if you said three years ago um, that Harper would not be on North's list, you would have been locked in a, a padded white room. <laughs> Next to Zondor. Yeah. <laughs> but with Turner, I do think he will be. I, I don't think he's going to play a whole lot of footy this year. I think, you know, body-wise and 
and also football-wise, we've got a number of people in front of him this year, but I, I do think um, in a couple of years' time, he'll be able to grow into a proper AFL-sized body, and I'd see him playing forward mostly, um, and sort of taking that forward pocket, moving up the ground a little bit, and, and using his good tackling skills role. Okay. Thanks for that. Uh, next question. IUB wants an answer from everyone, so I'll just read out the question. And Quiv, you want to go first if you don't mind? There's been a fair few people in the media writing North off this preseason, so missing the eight after two straight prelim finals. So taking your North hats off for a moment and remembering that footy seasons never go perfectly to plan, where do you see North failing down this season? What are the list deficiencies currently separating us from being a good side to being a great side, Quiv? Look, I th- I think we are a great side. Uh, the issue is how we use the ball, not not the players on the park. Um, I don't see us falling out of the eight. That's for certain. I actually tip us for a top four finish. Uh, this could be. I, I still think this is our last shot at it, but. A year's a long time for something could happen in this year. The younger players, you know, might show something. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, I don't see us falling down anywhere down the ladder, that's for sure. Fair enough. Any thoughts, Jay-Z? Yeah, I, I think the the perception of us falling out of the eight is, is largely due to this myth that all our old players are suddenly going to become shit, I think. That the media's got a bit annoyed because they've been predicting guys like Harvey and Petrie to retire for about five years now, <laughs> and they're, they're not getting their way. So I think they're just running with the. Eventually, all these old players will will start being crap. But they've been running the same story about Sydney for the last five years, and it hasn't happened there either. So yeah, <laughs> I think it's, it's a load of rubbish, to be honest. Fair, um, fair enough. In terms of what what's holding us back, if you like, from being a great side. Um, I think defence is the main one for me. I, I don't know at this stage that we've got a defence that makes us a premiership contender and, and that, that that group or those structures, maybe not the players themselves, but the structures need to improve for us to, to jump up from finishing in the bottom half of the eight and making it to prelim week to, to grabbing that second chance and, and taking the next step. Mm. Or two steps, as our board would say. Well, <laughs> that mirrors my thoughts exactly about defence, but mine's more to do with defensive transitions by the midfield. I've always been a bit of a critic of the defensive side of the midfield um, for a number of years. I think it's just inconsistent effort by the midfield group. Look at Zeeble's better games. He gets averages 22, 23 disposals. We usually win. But when he doesn't put in those little extra efforts, he gets maybe 18, 19 disposals and a goal. It's just we need those players to do that little bit of extra effort and work on... I know they've worked on their tanks in the off-seasons. That's why I'm a bit more optimistic this season. Realistically, yes, I would love top four. Whether that plays out is a different thing. We won't be dropping out the eight, but top four is not a definite, but I'll like it to be. So I'll move on to the next question. So Quiv, Mad Adam asks you, what do you think a fit and full firing mature Jesse W. Smith will bring to the current north side? <laughs> <laughs> Look, 
he would have retired a few years ago now with back to back to back to back to back premierships for, for certain. <laughs> yeah. He'd be living in, on some Caribbean island that he's bought with his, all his money. God. <laughs> Any particular islands like Jamaica or something like that? <laughs> oh, you should, hell, he might even just buy Scotland and go there. <laughs> he would want to buy Scotland. <laughs> well, it's cheap, you know. So anyone that's from Scotland, I didn't mean it like that. Um, I'm surprised by that answer, Quiv. I was expecting you to say you wouldn't get a game ahead of Adley. <laughs> that's what I was looking for. Uh, I believe I've been told to uh, tone the uh, the jokes, the player jokes down. So let's just not mention him. Yes, we all know who said that. So okay, guys. I don't. I don't remember. I just remember reading it. <laughs> <laughs> El Dictator, but anyway, El Presidente. Anyway, we'll move on now to the next question, and it's a final question. This is from Mr. Blonde, and he has a few minor questions, so just one-word answers to these guys. So he asks, firstly, you, Jay-Z, McDonald, mullet, or right? I'm going to break the rules a little bit and give a couple of words. I would say right, but I'm... Leading towards two of them playing. Okay. All right, next one. Quiv, Tippett or Hanson? Hanson, without a doubt. Okay, yep. for me, Jumont or Clark? Definitely Jumont. I love the guy. All right, Jay-Z, Thomas versus Turner versus Nahas? Thomas at this stage, but he really needs to keep the defensive efforts up and forget about the umpires. He's just going to have to deal with the fact that he's going to get screwed every week and, and not let it distract him from his game. Fair enough. Now, time for the review segment of our show. So we're going to be reviewing the Collingwood match. Uh, North lost a tight match against the Pies, but North were essentially running over the top of Collingwood by the end of the game, despite the limited rotations in the extreme heat conditions. Seeing Quiv didn't watch the match because he was busy playing Dungeons and Dragons on the SFA board, of which I'm a sad member of, I'll ask you, Jay-Z, what did you take out of the game? Um, the result was basically what I was expecting. I, I, I think going into it being, you know, basically a practice match in 38-degree heat, I didn't think anyone was going to be playing massively seriously. Um, I think that Collingwood had a bit of a stronger squad, despite what the AFL media would like to tell you. Um, so I was kind of expecting us to lose in hopefully stay pretty close, which is what we did. Um, I think the biggest positives to come out of it was, one, definitely Black's game. I think this time last week, just about everybody on the board said he was either headed for Frio or the VFL next year, but he seemed to recapture a bit of form. Um Gibbo was very good, which I won't talk about too much. Um, <laughs> some of the veterans, Petrie, seemed to be in, in really good early season form, which is good because he's started slowly the last few years, but he seems to be in good form at the moment. Um, I thought Del Santo was very good in his first hit out for the year. Um, interestingly, I read on the board today that a number of people think he's just about finished, but from watching him on Saturday, I reckon he'll be a bit better than last year and, and should play some good footy this year. Um, Nahas was surprisingly good. I think everyone's kind of assumed that he's going to 
drop out of the team or, or hasn't even considered him as, as part of our best 22 from last year. But he did play 18 games last year, and I think he could sneak a few this year as well. Yeah. Um, and the younger guys were pretty impressive as well. Okay. So, Is Nahas a rookie? Yes. Yes. But they've now got an open spot because... Ah, um, uh, yes, yes. What's his yeah. name? Went to the LTI, so they've got an open spot at the moment. And that was the same case last year, wasn't it? Wasn't Nahas a rookie last year? Yeah. Elevated? Yeah. 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 Still there's no short leash. <laughs> <laughs> Just shows how funny the rookie list can be. Yeah. Well, he works hard for it, though, which I do respect. He's worked his butt off at yeah, this. He's, he's a limited player, no doubt, but he works his absolute butt off. And, and he knows and he's limited, good, good but he plays his strikes. So, yeah. Um, he all provided us one of the highlights of the year when he got that tackle against Chapman <laughs> in the final, which was just the funniest thing I've seen. <laughs> it's funny because it was Chapman. Anyone else would be like, yeah, that happened. Amazing. <laughs> um, I wanted to just quickly ask you, Jay-Z, um, about whether you've looked deeper into the game about North's defensive transitions. I know this is something Taz raises all the time on the North board, but how did you see the defensive transitions, particularly bottom yeah. midfield? Um, is it good enough, or whether we need a back six or back seven? What do we need? I personally think we need a back six. Um I don't know that we have the luxury of um, having someone like Hanson or Thompson float around, basically because whenever we seem to play a back seven, the other team seems to have a stronger guy in that um, open role. I, I think I was I went into the game particularly interested to see how our our defensive structures were going to hold up because we basically dropped our whole back six. Um, it was Tarrant and McDonald and yes. all the backups basically out there. Yeah. Um, so it was interesting to see how they went. It wasn't a particularly impressive showing. I think the defense sort of struggled at times. We turned over the ball coming out of half back a lot. Um, did Drew swing back there? Right. He uh, did occasionally. Yeah. Not much. Though. Not as much as he probably. Uh, not a lot. He, he seemed. Um, it's interesting because I heard you guys talking last week about how he was going to move up the ground a bit more and, and let Vinny stay at home, but Drew seemed to be sort of hedging his bets a little bit. He played deep quite a lot, but he also snuck down to the back line a little bit, particularly at the end of quarters, so I expect that will sort of mirror what he does mm. during the regular season as well. Well, that's probably not a bad idea because we did get a lot scored against us at the end of the quarters, didn't we? Exactly, exactly. I think he's he does read the play very well, so it's good to have him back there um, and just sort of doing... And I think if you can do that and move a, a Drew back there when we're at the end of a quarter or under pressure a little bit, it sort of negates the need for a seven-man defence. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah. Well, especially uh, to fast transitions, is a bit vulnerable. Like, look what Goldberg yeah, continued to do to us. That's the other thing I... I the other half of your question, which I didn't really answer. Um, the midfield, I wasn't massively impressed with. It was better than the previous week, I think. St Kilda sort of tore us to shreds with their pace, for, or at least until for the first half, until they ran out of puff. But uh, I think this week will we'll tell us more, because Hawthorne are a pretty quick side. And, and, and they picked their best team, really. Yeah. 
So I think this week will tell us more about where the midfield's at in terms of a defensive transition. Um, and we've basically got our defence back, so it'll be a good test for them too. But we'll talk more about that in the preview section. All right. So we'll just finish off a question with a quiv myself. Uh, so Jim Mont had a pretty good game. He, he didn't have a lot of time on the ground, but I just want to ask you, Quiv, do you see Jamont as a footballer actually improving and getting a bit of game time, or what role do you actually see him playing? Well, look, I, I'm a big fan of him. I I do see him as a footballer. I'd love to see him get more game time, but I think he's he's a half-back flanker. He's a half-back, and we've got 100,000 of them. Um, so you've got to find out where can you... Where can you put him? You can put him on the wing, but who does he, whose spot does he take? You know, he can run through the midfield, but not a permanent midfield. He can go up forward and get a goal, but he's not a permanent forward either. Uh, it's just, you know, he can play a lot of positions, but we don't really have one position for him to play. Yeah. That's interesting. Why, why do you see him as a halfback? I, uh, he uses the ball nicely, I reckon, um, and I don't know, I, I see him how fishy, uh, Mullet played his first year, just running off that half bank, half back rather, and, you know, slotting that, that 50 metre goal out on his left foot. I just, just see a lot of Aaron Mullet's first or second year in him, and I, I'd like to see that. Mm, that's different. Okay, that's interesting, yeah, because I've, the way I've always sort of seen Dumont is that, He's basically an inside midfielder and he's stuck behind the the glut of inside midfielders that we have in terms of Swallow and Cunnington and Zeeble and, and well, those sort it. of blokes. We've got 100 mid, inside mids as well, so I, I don't even consider yeah, I've seen, going there. He's I think it's well basically inside mids and half-backs, isn't it? <laughs> That's it. The small half-forwards. <laughs> Oh dear. Um, we'll move straight on to the preview then because we're already heading that way. So we'll move on to the preview segment. So our game is a night game on Saturday at Etihad. I believe you can go to both games on Etihad, at Etihad. Yes. Uh, yes. It's going to be a pig sigh on Saturday night. Oh, so you'd be right at home then. <laughs> um, I'm actually not going. <laughs> I'll, I'll at least be watching this one though. Oh, at least that's a first. <laughs> Um, so we'll be playing against the Mighty Hawks, who have had a bit of a slow start to their pre-season by their lofty standards, but they're three-time premiers. They're not going to have any issues in terms of form. I won't go into the full ins and outs, saying it's only really a glorified practice match, so I'll just list the major ones. So Harvey's back, Waits back, Cunners is back as well, Wright, Sean, The Flash, Atley, J-Mac, Anderson, Ferrito and Thompson are all back. With Higgins and Taz the major emissions from the squad. Um, Higgins is training well and is expected back before round one. And with Taz, I'm under the impression that if he is fully injured, that it's not really that serious and that he should be right for round one, though I haven't got all the information in front of me. Well, I haven't read this. Tarrant, was he injured during the game or is it a training? Um, it was or? something to do with training and someone reported that it was something to do with his lower back. Okay. Yeah, somebody went to training briefly yesterday and said he was doing kick-to-kick with Wellesley, I think, and then suddenly went down, clutching his back, and they pulled over Saunders, and they were chatting for a couple of minutes. And I went to the the event last night, which was basically straight after training, and he was a no-show there. So 
I'm, okay. I'm guessing there is some sort of injury, but um, how serious it is, we won't really know until the club decides to tell us something. Yeah, if uh, two weeks. <laughs> yeah, they've got two weeks to get him fit. So, <laughs> you know, it's not, unless it's we'll not. It. Sorry, we'll mate. <laughs> I was going to say it's a Taylor Garner type injury. Two weeks. <laughs> yeah, two weeks is the the dreaded words on our board, but oh, we do basically have two weeks to round one, and he's already played two two NAB Cup games. So yeah. I think they've got enough footy into him. It's it's just a question of whether they can get him ready to go because. I do not like the, the prospect of facing Adelaide without him. Yeah, same. I'm a bit nervous about Tippett playing on Walker again. <laughs> not that stuff. Yeah. Um, so, as for Hawthorne, as I said, they're going pretty much with their best team, except for Spanger, but even then he's not even really close to the top 22, so I don't know why they're classing as the best 22 player. Uh <laughs> So, as I said, they're pretty much their best team, so they might not be going 100%, but they'll put in a mighty good effort. So what would you like to see this week, Jay-Z, in terms of just personnel, structures? What would you like to see? Um, well, basically, I think, as we normally expect from the last NAB Cup game, it's a dress rehearsal for round one. Um, trying to see how the structures sort of match up against a pretty good opponent in Hawthorne um, and basically determine who um, will get those final few spots that are up for grab in the, the 22 for round one. So the thing that I'm most looking forward to is is those little battles. Um, I think, I personally think McDonald, sorry, I moved their names together there for a second. So McDonald and Mullet are uh, fighting for one spot, in my opinion. Um, so, basically, it'll see how the two of them go this week. So, Mullet um, won't take Hanson's spot, you think? It's more between Mullet and McDonald. Yeah, I think Hanson is... I think Hanson's largely a structures question of whether we can play, assuming they're all fit, Thompson, Hanson, Tarrant and Ferrito in one team. And I think that comes down to matchups. If I'm True. If I'm playing an Adelaide... No worries, let's play all four of them. But if we're playing a, a quicker, smaller forward line, I wouldn't want to play all four of them. But that may be taken out of our hands if, if Tarrant's injured. Um, I'd certainly rather play Hanson than Tippett. <laughs> Fair enough. Anything um, else you'd like to say? The other ones that I'm looking forward to is the continuing battle between Black and Wood. Wood seemed to have that in the bag after his impressive showing in NAB 1 and Black didn't even play. But interestingly, in, in NAB 2, the coaches seemed to to run a little mini-experiment where Wood played the entire first quarter, then sat on the bench for the entire second quarter while Black played in basically the same position. Um, and they kept sort of rotating in the second half. And, and Black, I think, clearly had the better game. So I'm not even sure that regardless of how well either of them go, that there's a spot in our forward line at the moment. But it'll be interesting to see the battle between those two. Um, and I think Anderson and Garner is the other one. I personally think Anderson's already taken Garner's spot because 
as much as he's loved on this board, Gunner's done sweet cool. FA the first but couple of But he needs that development in the VFL anyway, which where he can learn to accumulate the football a little bit more. Pressure's one thing. That's the thing. Yeah. Anderson, I think, gives us everything that Gunner gives us as a forward and also has that midfield ability. So I personally think he's already taken his spot. But we'll see how the two go on Saturday night. Fair enough. How about Jacobs, though? It'll be interesting to see how he actually goes, whether he can accumulate the football like he does at VFL level, whether he can add that string to his bow, because he's not a bad kicker of the football. He's a good deep kick kicker of the football. His yeah. handballing's... Yeah, it's okay. It's not Cunnington levels, but it's not... It's not, <laughs> it's not, ha- it's not handsome it's not levels. levels. It's not handsome <laughs> levels. It's not that bad. Oh, he can't help it. He's so laconical. <laughs> I know you haven't seen it, but um, you won't want to see that. It was twice in the Collingwood game where Hanson, uh, he hand- lazily, back- I guess you could say, handballed backwards into the opposition goal square for them to run into an open goal. <laughs> it was lucky. Uh, it's lucky. It's lucky. You expect yeah. it. He was, he, was, he was very laconic. <laughs> He did have a better second half, which I was happy with, but his first half was atrocious. Yeah, I was about to say, he couldn't get much worse. His first half was terrible. But it was his, you know... Yeah, but they had been playing on guys just, like just Saul so. and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah and in a back line that was, you know, missing most of its regular people. I think Hanson's that kind of player that, if he's played in a good team, he's a lot better than... So he's like know, a Mac... Playing yeah. Seppi's not a douchebag. Seppi's not a dickhead. He <laughs> <laughs> doesn't have 12 year old gear alarms. Uh, you get you cop some crap, Mackie. I love it. <laughs> um, oh, he's, he's was so arrogant through those successful years and continued to talk over the last couple of years while they've been on the downward spiral, so. That was one of my favourite parts of beating Geelong in the, in the finals last year, was watching the look on his face. <laughs> I love how... Oh, I noticed that Sam Wright loves rubbing into teams that beat up on us. He did it against yeah. Kilda, against Goddard. He, he I'll never forget the Goddard one. Times. No, yeah, that Stevie is one Johnson. of my favourite games. <laughs> he, he loved rubbing it in. You don't think he would. He seems like a quiet bike, but then he just mouths off. <laughs> how good was that? The goal, when he was playing on Goddard and he... Snuck forward and kicked a goal that he, he kicked, kicked off his shin, <laughs> and it barely went through. And he went, "I don't care. I'm still going to rub it in your face and tell you all about it." And God, I was like, "You shinned it, mate." <laughs> oh dear. We'll move on to a bit more in terms of tactics because that's what the people want. So I'll ask Quivster the question, saying he never gets to say anything on this show. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, right. Quivster. That's an inside joke. Don't worry about that, people. Um, what does North Melbourne need to do tactically to become a top four side? Do we need to use the wings more, attack through the middle, uh, use another pie behind the ball, or seven man forward line, a small forward line? What What would you do as a coach to take us to top four? I am a big fan of attacking through the middle. It's the shortest path end to end, obviously. Uh, just get it through there as quick as you can. Uh, I think our big problem is leads in our forward line. Um, the shit. They all lead to the same spot. Okay, we get you get Jared Waite, Ben Brown, and Drew Petrie all leading to this one pocket. You very rarely see two going one way while the other breaks off from the other direction. 
Uh, I think playing in the middle will at least give us that option of picking which pocket we kick to if we have to kick to a pocket. Obviously, the idea is 30 out straight in front. But, um, yeah, down the middle definitely is the way to go. And with, you know, with our, what year was it, 2014, I think, our ball movement was amazing. Our defence obviously lacked. If we could get our ball movement of 2014 back, Mm. And with people that can take a mark, like Wait when he's on, Ben Brown, you know, we'll be unstoppable again going forward. And then our defence is the issue. Mm. It's interesting. Uh, with the rifle shooter, that changed a little bit from down the middle. He, he focused, he brought in that Collingwood type of thing of taking it down the wings like a malt house would do. And look, if uh, you know, I haven't watched much Mad- Nab Cup, I've watched tonight's, and if tonight's anything to go by, we don't want to go down the the wing. The deliberate out of bounds is being called every freaking time the ball goes out. Almost. I'm not sure if they're adding that for the main game, so but it's freaking ridiculous. But even when sure we just bang are. it, sorry, mate. I'm pretty sure that that's a regular season change as well. It's it's a new rule or a new interpretation, and it'll it's be. Incredible crazy strong for the first six weeks like every new rule is every season and then it'll die down it's it's almost become netball you know the last person to touch it the other team gets the ball yep. and same with um, the amount of tackles tonight I didn't th- I'm not watching it closely but I don't recall seeing a ball up you know every tackle was re- either rewarded or penalised um, yeah and the crazy thing with the- constant free kicks constant whistles well, it's 30 no, free it's kicks and 27 thing. in that game. That's oh, crazy. Wow. And the even worse thing with the deliberate out-of-bounds is that you can still walk it through the points whenever you feel like it. Like, deliberate rush-behinds just yeah. don't seem to exist. But if you try and rush it behind and accidentally it goes the other side of the post and goes out, God help you. <laughs> or if you're legit under pressure and you run it through the behind, <laughs> yep, there's a free kick. It was funny when that rule was brought in, though. The amount of players, they just didn't quite understand that if you're under pressure, you could take it through. They thought as soon as they walk over the line, they'll get a free kick against them. So they were so desperate not to go over that line. Even, you, if it meant, even if you were under pressure, you couldn't. I think it was, was it Nani that got done for it? Oh, Nani did it a few times. <laughs> he was under pressure. <laughs> like he was so desperate that he was behind the goal line. He was holding the ball where it came. Yeah. <laughs> just grabbed it in gold. Like, he's that desperate not to get pinged for it. I think at that point you just handball it to the opposition and quickly tackle them. Yeah, well, that's what hands <laughs> for. Um. <laughs> well, it was funny watching the the guys react to the the new interpretation of the out of bounds rule in NAB two. Is whenever a, a defender went near the boundary, instead of trying to chase him out or tackle him or whatever, all the forwards just sat back and tried to make it look like he wasn't under pressure. So they'd get a free kick. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, I hope it gets tightened up uh, very early in the season. Well, once they fix up holding the ball rule, which they rooted about 20 years ago, that's my one gripe with umpires is holding the ball. Like Sometimes they ping at players when they don't have the opportunity, and then other times they run with it, and then well, they yeah. drop it, and then they go, oh, yeah, play on. But then as soon as a player touches it, Gets tackled immediately, and it looks like it looks like a good tackle. They'll ping him for it. Yeah, well, yeah. from what I'm seeing tonight, prior opportunities gone. If you get tackled, you're done. Exist. It's all yeah. about making an attempt now. 
which the umpires can apparently decide whether you're legitimately making a temp or just punching the ball into the ground, which most players do. Mm. Also, with the tackling, just while we're still on it, is when they... I noticed a lot of players that started a bit last year is when they get tackled from behind, the player getting tackled drops their knees oh, so no, you can roll knees. into their back. I've noticed it's a lot become of impossible. It's become think, absolutely impossible to tackle somebody from behind. You've, you've got to run at full pelt, grab the guy, slide. and then somehow stop and pull him backwards so that he doesn't fall onto his back. It's, it's crazy. I think the way to fix stuff like that is if the initial tackle is fine, play on. You know, if you somehow end up over the shoulder, accidents happen as you're moving in 400 different directions. That's going to stop the, the salward type free kicks of getting over the shoulder. It will stop a lot of silly free kicks, that's for sure. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to ask you, Jay-Z, while we're sort of talking tactics and rules and whatnot, just with North Melbourne's ball movement of late and how we're focusing back on that quick transition from defence to attack, does anything need to change from our perspective so we're just not leaking as much or is it more an effort thing? Well, I, I think... Um I think Beatron in particular picked up over a number of training sessions that there seems to be a big focus on slingshot style from halfback this year. Um, we sort of saw it against St Kilda. I don't think we really saw a lot of it against Collingwood because none of those players were playing. Um, but I, I think we've got the personnel for it now with you know, J-Mac and, and Wright and Atley and, and those sort of types coming out of the back line. I think we've got a lot of players that can run and, and deliver with skill. Um, my biggest concern is, obviously, you've, you've got to... If you're going to play that style, you've got to hit your targets because if you get turnovers, it kills you. Um, and the other concern is when we hit the real stuff, if someone puts a forward tag on, at, on Atley... Where does the speed come from? Yeah, um, but teams have been aware. I'm, sorry, mate. I was just saying that teams have been aware about the speed and yeah, for a long while they still haven't negated him. Unfortunately, he doesn't get the ball enough to to warrant a tag. I don't think. Well, interestingly, um, the focus, particularly in, uh, I don't think he played against Collingwood, but in the St Kilda game. They they tried to get the ball into his hands at every opportunity. It seemed like to me, like every time somebody had the ball and Atley was nearby, they gave it to him because they want him to to use his pace and run through the middle of the ground, like you said. And and if he can sprint, you know, twenty thirty meters off half back and then kick it into our forward fifty, you can get a lot of that over the back type goals where you catch the zone out. And he's one of the few that locks going down the corridor. He's one. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've said it before, Atley's biggest problem is he doesn't follow it up. He'll get the handball off and that's it. He doesn't run and try to get it back and get into that yeah, space. Yeah, he's got to get the one twos. Yeah. Mm. Um, but he's also worried about his man semi years a defender. That he, if he is caught out, if he turns it over or another player turns it over, he's left in no man's land. I think well, with uh, his pace, though, it's a risk he can afford to take. He's not going to get caught often. No. Um, but maybe it's yeah, his mindset. He, has to, he has to rely on him being able to hit the target. If he runs forward, so long as he doesn't turn it over, his man will be fine. If he runs forward and kicks it to the opposition, then he's going to be in shit. But 
as long as you can, if you can combine pace and, and skill, obviously you're going to be very successful. But I, I'm a bit concerned that once we get into the real stuff, they'll lock down on Atlee, realising that he's a bit critical at the moment. So that's why I'm kind of hoping that Mullet will make it into the 22, because I think he's an yeah, alternative option in that area. I'd love to see Mullet back in the best 22. Yeah, definitely. That would be good. Those long goals, I love them. Yeah. When you kick two goals oh, against the best. Like, from ten disposals, two goals, one super goal. Like, yeah. The guy, the guy's he's, talent. He's one of the, yeah, he's one of the few guys, and I think Zeeves is probably the other main one who, if he marks it within 60 metres, he just goes, yep, I got this. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I can kick that far, no worries. <laughs> I can barely kick 30 metres, let alone 60, 70, 80. Yeah, and then we got Wellesy with his 80 metre bombs. <sighs> his 100 metre goal, or whatever it was. That was a funny goal. <laughs> anyway. was a terrible game. <laughs> that was a, yeah, it wasn't a great game. Anyway, we'll better finish up there before we go on for another 40 minutes or so. <laughs> so I would like to thank. Jay-Z, once again, for jumping on. Thank you for your great input tonight, mate. Nice. And Quivster, as <laughs> always, thank you. No worries at all. And thank you for listening, everyone. I hope you enjoyed the reincarnation of the show. And thank you and good evening. <laughs>